Welcome back, guys. Thank you all for tuning in to the Good News Podcast. And we are recording on February 12th. Nope. No. <laughs> Valentine's Day is actually February 14th. 14th. So happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I hope you're having an amazing day. Hope you're feeling the love today. Yeah. Feeling the love, spreading the love. So we have been gone for... It's been a month and a half yeah. since our New Year's episode. But we are still alive. We're it's still podcasting yeah it's been our longest break from podcasting but we're here and we are very excited because we have some fun things to talk about and we're going to talk about where we've been and yeah our topic for this episode is missions so we're going to be looking at like what like what does that mean like what are missions or what does it mean to be like a missionary or yeah on a mission and then also i went to Ethiopia for two weeks, so we'll kind of talk a little bit about that and what I experienced. Yeah, very, very exciting stuff, so let's get right into it. If you guys follow our Instagram, you maybe heard that Jalen was going to Ethiopia on a missions trip. I think we mentioned that on our story, but before we get into that, like Jay, Jay's going to do a little recap for us, but before that, um, we're going to kind of talk about what is missions in general and like what it means to be a missionary. Yeah. Yeah, so, um... I wanted to start off yeah, you start with, off. we found, or we just, like, looked up the definition, a definition, like, on, like, the internet. So, oh, let me pull from the Oxford Dictionary, just kind of what it says a mission, what missions are. Because we have, I think people have, like, kind of the one idea of what a mission is or what a missionary is. But I think we just want to kind of broaden that perspective and see what it is. Yeah. Okay. Also, guys, we're drinking um, Ethiopian tea right now that Jalen brought back. Yeah. And it is Addis Ababa scrum- tea. Yeah, the most scrumptious thing. So good. Okay, so we found the definitions. So mission, like the noun, is an important assignment carried out for political, religious, or commercial purposes, typically involving travel. Should I read the second one too? Yeah. Okay. And then um, it also says the vocation or calling of a religious organization, especially a Christian one. To go out into the world and spread its faith. Wow, I actually never read that. That's really interesting. I know. It's cool. And then missionary, like the adjective, is re- relating to, engaged in, or devoted to missions. And then it also says the characteristic of... Oh, never mind. That's nothing. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. That's kind of what the dictionary defines it as. And I think that might actually be similar to what we often think a missionary, or like the missionary one, like what a missionary is. Because... When especially when I was like younger, I always thought a missionary is someone that's like traveled far out into all these different countries around the world and were like literally spreading the gospel and that's just like evangelizing. Like yeah. that's kind of like the one idea I thought a missionary and was. And I always picture like um you know, those really like intense like faith stories of like martyrs who have like yeah. been killed for spreading, which is there's so many amazing stories about that, but I just assume that all missionaries are like you know, like that, yeah, I guess. that like I couldn't be a missionary because I'm not, I'm not out brave there enough, doing or I'm not yeah. gonna like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's um, really that's interesting. A, yeah, that's kind of like a limited view of what it could mean to be a missionary. So mm-hmm. we wanted to share some of our thoughts of what missions are, or what it yeah. means to be like to carrying to be carrying out a mission. Yeah. So something we've come to realize that's really important is also realizing that to be on a mission you don't have to be going across the world and 
You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the tip, the stereotypical view of, like, a missionary. Yeah. So, maybe you guys heard in, if you listen to the New Year's episode, I kind of talked about how, like, remembering that daily, like, as a Christian, you are on a mission. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, that looks like different things, I suppose. But remembering that for each person, like, the goal is to go, like, save lives, right? And go spread God's love to people. And... That doesn't matter, like, your location or where you're at. That's Mm -hmm. for everyone. Yeah, like, wherever you are placed, like, you are kind of called to be a witness. Mm -hmm. And if you are, if you, like, declare yourself as a Christian or you love Jesus, like, no matter where you are, you are automatically a witness of Jesus and of the sacrifice he made. So it's, like, recognizing that and then how in your own life, like, literally at school, at your, in your sports teams Mm -hmm. and all these different things in our day-to-day lives that we can be on a mission yeah like it's all a mission so looking into what that looks like in your daily life to be on a mission Mm -hmm. describe that for us (laughs) okay well i think it's just like as christians we're called to live differently Mm -hmm. than the world right like we're called to be the light and the salt of the earth and that just means that like our actions should be different than those that do not believe in Mm -hmm. christ because of the love that we have for God, yeah. and then the love that we share of with the world. Yeah. Wait. No. No. In the, in the world, world not, not of, of the, the world. world. I guess I can actually read that from yeah, please the Bible. Do. Okay, so in John chapter seventeen, verse fifteen, this is kind of this is Jesus's prayer for his disciples. Um, it says, "My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it." sanctify them by the truth your word is truth as you sent me into the world i have sent them into the world so it's like so good yeah and we're meant to be like god put us in this world he put us for a purpose yeah and in whatever place you're in if you're in high school if you're graduated if you're in university if you're just working like in your Mm -hmm. workplace wherever it is that's where you're placed and that's kind of your mission field Mm -hmm. yeah and i listened to a podcast episode recently from passion city church and the head pastor is louis giglio so he's the one that did this podcast and it was called sent and it was pretty much just about like kind of what we're talking about having that mission mindset Mm -hmm. in each in your everyday life and now that yeah we're not of the world but we are placed in the world so i would definitely recommend that you guys go listen to it because he just has a lot of wisdom mm-hmm. and I learned a lot from it took so many notes shout out to Bob Goff yeah remember teaching us to notes. take notes all the time but if you guys want to find that we put it in our highlights on our Instagram under our yeah. little good at podcast. the good news dot podcast that would be it that would be <laughs> it all right so um moving on we're going to talk specifically about Jalen's trip because we want to do mm-hmm. a little I don't know I think that'd be really interesting for you guys to hear because yeah it's not every day you got to go like fly across the country and go yes yeah so we're kind of going to do this interview style i already heard about the trip but for your guys' sake i'm going to ask some questions and such and we're going to hear jay's answers because it's just really exciting things so jaylin had the opportunity to go to ethiopia and serve alongside hope for cora so um about their organization what is everything they do and how do you get involved? Okay. Well, Hope for Cora, I've been connected with for pretty much since it started because the founder, um, her name's Eve Pohl. She goes to my church. You guys, 
I would recommend looking up Hope for Cora like online so you can get like the full like mm-hmm. info. But I'll just kind of share a few things about it. So it's a nonprofit organization that works um, outside the Addis Ababa trash dump. So that's the capital city of Ethiopia. And so it's serving families, lepers, widows, and orphans in the whole community. And the trash dump actually started off as a leper colony, so kind of all the lepers were sent out of the city and they were the outcasts, and then over time lots and lots of people who were also very poor had to leave the city for different reasons kind of gathered in this place called Cora, and now there's like thousands of people living there and just in the most destitute poverty that you can imagine. But so what Hope for Cora does, um, they do different income generation programs, so with the mothers, so they can start their own businesses. They have a daycare, so for the kids while the mothers are doing their business. They um, also have like after school tutoring and just different programs for the teens and the kids. Yeah, that's amazing. So um, tell us a bit about your sister friend and how you got Yeah, okay. So the sister friend program, this is how I first got connected with Hope for Cora. It's called the Brother Sister Friend, so it connects kids or youth in Canada and some in the States to kids in Cora, so in Ethiopia, and you're able to send letters back and forth on like when people go on the different trips, so then they'll bring back the letters. So my sister friend I've had for eight years, her name is Tegest, and yeah, for eight years I've written letters to her and she's written them back and I've prayed for her for like every single day and it's just been this really cool friendship that we've been able to develop even though like she didn't speak my language so it'd be through a translator each time but I just really felt like I had a connection with her and like just such a big heart for her and for the community that she lived in. Yeah so it's been my dream to visit her or to actually see her in Ethiopia for or ever since the very first letter. Awesome. So can you tell us a bit about your thoughts going forward and why you wanted to go in the first place? Okay. Well, honestly, one of, or one of the biggest reasons was, like I said, to meet my mm-hmm. sister friend. I just thought that that would be incredible and that would just show her how much, like, I really do care mm-hmm. about her. Um, but I just love Hope for Cora and all the work that it does. And Hope for Cora next year will be its 10th, like, year of being an organization and they've been able to do such amazing things and make so many big differences in so many people's lives that to just work alongside them and be a small part of that I thought would be incredible. And yeah, I've just had a big heart for Ethiopia and for these people that I didn't even know going into it, but, and I just wanted to serve and Mm -hmm. love and also to go before I graduate. I just really hoped to do that. That's so good. Okay, so getting right into the next question, um, I'll ask you a bit about what your daily life looked like in Ethiopia. So what did you do every day? Or some days might have been different, but what are some activities, things you did? Yeah, well, day-to-day definitely did different things, but just to give a general outline. So we stayed at this place called the Blue Nile, so we had like our own like kind of compound and our own little bungalow, which was super nice. Mm -hmm. So I would be woken up literally at 5 or 6 a.m. every morning because there's a, oh, what's it called, an Orthodox church, like, right near where we were staying, and they had, like, chanting and singing and praying all in Amharic, so I don't know what they're saying, but (laughs) I was woken up super early every morning, but 
it was fine because it was like all sunny and birds were chirping every morning Aww. and it was just a good environment but then we'd have breakfast would ever get ready and often first go to that income generation compound which is a minute away from where we stayed and so that's where yeah the woman will come and kind of do their different businessy stuff mm-hmm. and that's where the offices are and also where the daycare is for hope for Cora. So for three different mornings, I spent my time in the daycare kind of leading it because all the Hope for Cora staff um, throughout the couple of weeks were doing trainings that my mom was actually leading. So yeah, I got to be in the daycare, um, what you think would be like just like really fun because you hang out with the kids. Turns out it was actually kind of hard just because these kids come from a culture and their homes are so different than mm-hmm. what like I'm used to here and what my like my Western perspective was like I kind of had to change what I would view childcare as like here it's much different Mm -hmm. there and the kids themselves do not have much boundaries because from as soon as they can crawl they're out on the streets like on their own but it was just I was kind of just there to love on them and it was fun I got to like go over their alphabet in English because they're learning that and like different numbers so yeah the daycare was one thing right yes and so another thing we did kind of as our group who went there um we visited the elders at the at the elders home which i think i mentioned earlier it's a hope for course sponsors seven um lepers so they all have leprosy and they have like their own little home that they all live in together so we went there just to visit with them and the thing that stuck out to me through those different visits is just their incredibly strong faith, which is just so inspiring for mm-hmm. like me because I mean what they have gone through in their lives is like I can't even imagine it. But yet they hold tr- like really firmly to God and to His promises and to His faithfulness, um, and just their thankfulness for all that Hope for Cora has done. Like mm-hmm. when we were there, like they don't even like know who we are, but but just like for us to visit them just means so much, and they just are constantly thanking you and blessing you. Yeah. And yeah, just the joy that they have as well. That's honestly That's cool. crazy. Like, I didn't really... Well, when Jake told me about, like, the leprosy, I thought it was, like... I always just thought it was something, like, the past, like, Bible I times know. we hear about it. But it's, like, yeah. still, like, happening. That's I know, like, insane. In, yeah, in North America, it's, like, unheard of, yeah, right? Exactly. But there, because, well, medical care is not great. And, like, yeah. you're in these terrible conditions that yeah. can spread super easily as well. And, yeah, it's crazy. It's very sad. Yeah. So I also visited... Um, my sister friend's home so when you kind of visit Ethiopia you often go on we call them like home visits so just visiting the different families that Hope for Cora sponsored so I got to visit my sister friend to guest who I talked about before and so she lives with her mom and her brother and you've got like I've always heard the stories of like how small their homes are and the homes are like what they actually live in and like I've seen pictures and videos but it's just a whole new experience when you're there Mm -hmm. so I sat in their little home, which is, like, hard to describe this size, but kind of the size of just two, like, regular-sized beds, I would say, mm-hmm. like a twin bed, yeah. you know? So then they have one bed that all of them share, and then it's just, like, a couple feet, like, in front of that, and that's it. Like, it's not like there's no shower, there's no yeah. sink, there's, it's just this one tiny that's little so room. Sad. And so we got to just talk with her with Tia's mom her name is Emma Bett and she's just the most beautiful woman um but the first visit there 
there was just a sense of like hopelessness about her and despair because she felt kind of alone again mm-hmm. and like forgotten um and just to be in the room and hear her speak of like these hard things that she's actually experiencing was heartbreaking to hear but um amidst that she was also very thankful that we came to visit mm-hmm. so then um leaving her we're like okay we're going to come back and see you again before we leave just to know so that you know how much we care so then um later on the next week we went back and even from the visit that we had had the week before she was already like just from like the time we spent with her that meant so much to her like you could actually see the change in her and like she was smiling and making more eye contact and like she welcomed us and then like we went one more time and like she was a completely different person than that first visit and it was just amazing to see just what like spending time with someone means so like we didn't like give her money we didn't change her situation we would we just showed her that we cared and that told her that like god loves her and just Mm -hmm. like that i am praying for her each day and just yeah it's amazing how much that means Mm -hmm. to people okay and then just a couple other things i did of course spent time with like all the different kids um so these kids from like hope for Cora sponsoring mm-hmm. or other kids as well um definitely a lot of them were are are part of hope for Cora but then we also just the community kids also when you're walking like down the street anywhere all the kids run up to you because like you're mm-hmm. the only white person there and they all <laughs> just want to like touch you and shake Aww. your hand and it's super sweet and like they don't know much English but they can say hi so they'll just say hi 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 <laughs> and you just like shake their hand and it's really cute but yeah so with some of the Hope for Cora kids, they are, a lot of them are part of, like, an after-school tutoring program that Hope for Cora does, so I got to spend a few afternoons there, and I actually got to help some of them study for their exams, so it was an exam week that week that I was there, and, yeah, I actually got to, like, help my sister friend in particular, like, study for her math exam and her English exam, yeah, and I was thankful that like i knew the math yeah like, oh she might be like too advanced for like what i know but like, it was stuff that i knew so i could like help her oh and that's that really was, cool yeah like that's international language yeah math i know it's crazy that like around the world like you're all learning the same that math. is crazy honestly yeah um and then also hope for Cora has different like two different soccer teams so one for the boys one for the girls so on the one saturday we got to to spend time watching the soccer game watching the girls play and then just kind of with oh, them so as fun. well yeah i mean like i'm not really a soccer person but but anyone can yeah. do it so it yeah. helps connect it was good and then oh tell us about um the food you ate that's Ooh, interesting okay yeah so they have this food it's called they literally eat it every single day like this is all they eat breakfast lunch and dinner it's called injera it's this really it's kind of thin like spongy bread i mean they call mm-hmm. it bread but it's nothing like our bread and then didn't it like almost look like a crepe kind of? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good way like to puffy, describe it. Like a puffy crepe yeah. or pancake. And it kind of has a sour taste to it, Interesting. which you kind of just get used to yeah. it. At first, like I wasn't sure if I liked it, but over time I liked it more. And then you just have like it's in like a roll, and then you break, you just rip off pieces and dip it in different sauces and like different like meats that have like lamb or beef, and it's like super duper spicy. <laughs> I mean, oh, for me, like for them, they like they like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the food definitely very different from our own food and like yeah they have it every single day which i could not yeah do (laughs) not much variation yeah 
Okay, so that was a little off topic, but back to um, all the events and things. Events? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, all the, <laughs> the daily things you did. Uh-huh. You told me about the testimony you gave for the brother-sister-friend party. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? Okay. Well, I guess first, so the brother-sister-friend party is the kids, so like the brother-sister-friend program I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. It's so like all the letters, so then they have like this party when every time Eve goes to Ethiopia where the kids get all the letters and then they have translators so then the kids can write the letters back and it's like a whole fun thing so then this year we incorporated also like playing different games and then the other thing is they got to listen to an inspirational speaker and turns out one of the social workers um voluntold that's the word right is that what yep, you say sure <laughs> voluntold me to do that and i oh, was like right. yes at first when we were like so I had met with the different social workers to plan the brother-sister friend party. Then when he told me, he's like, oh, you can do it. And I was like, at first I was like, didn't really want to because I mm-hmm. didn't know what I was going to say yeah, or like what I could say to like these kids. But then over the next few days, I'm like, oh, this is actually a really cool opportunity to like mm-hmm. speak with the youth. Oh, you had a couple days. That's good. Yeah, That's yeah. Good. So then I kind of decided just that I would talk about like my faith and kind of mm-hmm. my just a bit of like my testimony because that was something that like I know is about me I don't have to try mm-hmm. and like come up with like some yeah. other idea and then even within that though I kind of felt a lot of like pressure that like the words like that I were that I would be saying would mean something to the kids mm-hmm. and that they would yeah hear just how much like my two things I just wanted them to know how much God loves them mm-hmm. and I wanted a seed to be planted for them to be hungry for like a relationship with mm-hmm. Jesus and it's like, oh, I had 10 minutes to do that, and hopefully mm, it just that's a lot of pressure, was yeah. good. But, so then, yeah, I did my little speech. I just talked about how important the Bible is to me, and prayer, and then also how Hope for Korah and Ethiopia has been such a big part of my faith. So I shared that, and then had, like, a translator with me. And, yeah, it was just a cool opportunity. I still don't really know if it really, like was super impactful for the youth but I'm sure it was yeah one of the social workers just reminded me that like that was like a seed that was planted and then like it's up to God yeah and, like, his work and mm-hmm. his Holy Spirit to work in the lives yeah that's just so amazing that you had the that opportunity and experience to do that because I'm sure that so many people learned a lot from that and were inspired so good job I'm like good nodding job. I'm realizing like, you guys cannot hear me nodding. <laughs> they just nodded in appreciation. Nodding in agreement. <laughs> yeah. Um but next question, we're done with the what do you do every day? How did I guess like yeah, coming back from Ethiopia, how did the culture and the people affect you? Mm. Well, I definitely learned a lot from like the people and the culture of Ethiopia, which is just I mean, I haven't experienced many different cultures. Well, I've been to Mexico, so I've experienced that, and then when I've been to the States, I've experienced that culture, (laughs) (laughs) American dream, Um, and then, like, Canada, which definitely has, like, a lot of diversity, so, Mm -hmm. like, I've been exposed to different cultures, but in Ethiopia, I was just really immersed in it for, like, two whole weeks, Mm -hmm. and the people there are just so welcoming, and just there's so much love, and one of the biggest differences about North American culture and in Ethiopia is... In Ethiopia, it's all about community, and so they put the community before, like, themselves, mm-hmm. and in our culture, it's very... Like, the individual. Yeah, and, yeah, yes, and, like, it's all about me and, mm-hmm. like, my life, and I'm yeah. just going to live my life, and then, oh, I might help some other people if I can mm-hmm. or whatever, but 
over there it's all about yeah putting humbling yourself and then putting others um before you and just it's about family and helping each other and so from that I feel like there's a lot that our side of the world can definitely Mm -hmm. learn from and it just like I learned a lot from this each different individuals that I spent time with and built relationships with because so many of them just have the biggest heart for serving their community and many of like the social workers or hope core staff that are now like helping the youth and doing all these programs they grew up in core and they grew yeah. up on the dump so now they're giving back to the community that's amazing and, like, yeah it's really really amazing to see how their lives have completely mm-hmm. changed and now they get to do this and yeah the culture is very I don't know, I feel like in Canada, our culture is... Like, what would you describe Canadian culture to be? Yeah, I can't really put it into words. I know, it's because... I mean, because it is so diverse, so there's all yeah. these different things. But just traveling to different countries is, like, their culture is just so distinct. Mm-hmm. Like, all, like, the colors and even the just the different music and the religions and everything. It's all about mm-hmm. kind of culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very different. Yeah. Um, but then coming back home... I mean, part of me definitely misses just the mm-hmm. culture in itself, like, even, like, just the people in this, how they live and how they care so mm-hmm. deeply about one another and how just they, how welcoming they were to me and inviting, like, a foreigner into their lives and into their culture as mm-hmm. well. I don't know if that answers No, that. you put that so well. That's really good. Um, okay, so we have our last question. How did your faith grow and where did you see God in the experiences and people? Wow, okay. <laughs> like, how do I answer this? And um, I think just overall in Ethiopia, I experienced God's presence in ways that, like, I don't on an everyday, like, living here mm-hmm. in Canada. Just the biggest difference because there's so many distractions mm-hmm. all around us. And I put my focus into so many different things, <clears throat> whether those are, like, good things like school and, like, friends mm-hmm. or even just, like, social media is mm-hmm. all around you, like, the internet and all these different things but in Ethiopia I was there just to serve like Mm -hmm. that was my one primary focus and through that I experienced like or I was aware of that serving people was also serving God Mm -hmm. and I felt a lot of like fruit from that Mm -hmm. and just like yeah the love that I experienced from the people there was kind of like from like an extension of God's love for me I think in in some way and even there's just like little things that like I saw God at work or, like, even answering my prayers while I was there. Like, one little story is one morning I'd just been, like, different meetings and, like, had kind of sat around all day. We had gone, like, shopping and, like, I didn't feel like I had done much that day. And I'm, like, I'm here for so short. I want to be spending time with the people. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up going over to one of the compounds just to, like, hang out. And then my sister friend, like, I didn't know she would be there, but then she was there. So then, like, unexpectedly I got to spend really good quality time with her. And that was, like, a prayer kind of I'd had that yeah. morning. And it was just completely, like, answered. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I don't know. There's a second part to that question. Well, I also said, how did your faith grow? Oh, I definitely saw or, like, learned a lot more about who God is or saw him in ways that, like, I hadn't before. Um, and I think one of the things that um, grew my faith is, or my faith in, like, God and my confidence in him and in his goodness is that... I saw poverty that, like, I still mm-hmm. don't even understand, but even within that, I saw that without God, there is no hope, mm-hmm. like, f- 
for these people like I don't know how it would be possible to be living in these situations without God because then what do you have to cling to like exactly like who who will be there like alongside you every like who is like with you then? yeah like and then you're just, yeah it's something that we don't really experience sometimes in the I have to do my northeast, <laughs> south, and west. Yeah, in the, the west. west yeah, yeah, in the western world, because we some people can sometimes think they're invincible and they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, we don't need God." But yeah, but you realize when you go someplace like with so much poverty that like without God there is yeah. no hope, and, and you need to rely on Him. Yeah, like what you're just saying, like that's something I've really kind of wrestled with because I feel like it's sometimes harder to have like a like a real faith mm-hmm. in Jesus, like in the world that we live in in our culture here. Because, yeah, there's so many things mm-hmm. around us that, like like you said, like, we could just do it on our own. Exactly. Like, we don't need God or that's, like, what we think. Mm-hmm. But over there, it's, like, all they have is God mm-hmm. because they don't have their food. They don't have clothing. They, mm-hmm. like, they have to rely on him mm-hmm. in everything. So through that, I learned, like, that's, like, what I want my faith to mm-hmm. be like. I mean, I know when my next meal is going to be. I can go grab food. I have all the basic necessities. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, rely on him on the day-to-day yeah. and yeah, putting my trust and my hope in him for like everything and not just when I want something mm-hmm. from him right yeah that's a little well that's r- no that's amazing and that pretty much answers all of our questions yeah so, good job <laughs> job being interviewed you were a good uh, interviewer oh, thank you <laughs> all right so tying it all back to missions yeah Oh, well, I did have one question for you, Hazel. So, I mean, I've just awesome. talked about, <laughs> put her on the spot here. I just talked about, like, my experience in, like, Ethiopia and that how kind of then coming back that influences, like, how I live here or whatever. But I know, like, you've gone, like, a Mexico missions trip, mm-hmm. like, a, a couple of years ago. And just how do you think, like, experiencing other cultures or, like, serving people in other places can kind of influence how you also do missions work, like, back home, like, right where you live? Yeah, so, okay, I'm not as good as articulating my thoughts as Jalen is, but I'll try to say a couple things. That's not, that's not true. No, it is. Well, <laughs> I guess, okay. Let's just get into a little argument here. Hazel, no, you are, you're oh. a great speaker, and... I can and do it. I can do it. Yes. So, um, I guess, yeah, so I went to Mexico three years ago. First thing, I guess, realizing is that, like, people are all the same, like, no matter where are yeah. they in the world, and, like... Yeah. Like, so we're literally all human beings. We're literally all, all humans. created by God. So, who you're serving, it, like, doesn't, it doesn't change where you are in the world. Yeah. So, I guess just that. And then, um, something that brought me just, like, so much joy being in Mexico, because I was only there for a week, but I just, like, when I came back, and this often happens for, for people, you're kind of on, like, a high for a week almost. I know yeah. it's maybe different for you. I don't know how, because you made, um, I guess so many direct relationships mm-hmm. in, with people, and you were there for a longer time. But for me in Mexico, it wasn't as many, like, I guess, like, one-on-one relationships. Yeah. I was just serving, like, a bunch of kids, and I won't mm-hmm. get into all the details. But um, just being there for a week, like, removed from distractions and everything, and just serving people, like, gave me the most joy. Mm-hmm. But then you come back for a week, and you're on a high, but then it's like, what do you do when that's done? Yeah. Like, what are you gonna, yeah. is it gonna actually affect your life mm-hmm. and change how you serve people? So, then, like, experiencing that joy from, I sorry I can't say words no but, it's good but serving people there just made me more aware of like how that's what I want to be doing every day in my life yeah. not just when yeah. I can go somewhere across the world and mm-hmm. go you know what I mean mm-hmm. but I want to serve people all the time because that's what brings me joy so yeah 
Amen. That is Amen. that's really good, Hazel. But yeah, I don't know. I like that. That's that's my little takeaway. Action. Okay, so we're just gonna kinda conclude this episode for now. I think it was a bit of like a longer one, but hopefully through all the different things we talked about, you were just encouraged that you are in your mission field, like right where you are, whether that's yeah, at school or in your work or even in your home, in your neighborhood, like that's where you have been placed and you have the opportunity there to spread Jesus' love and to spread the good news <laughs> like we are trying to do here. And yeah, that's something that I need to be reminded of each day. And going to the Bible, we learn what that looks like. So we're just going to end with a Bible verse. Okay, so we have Matthew 5 verse 14. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. <laughs> okay, guys, so we'll let you sit with that verse. Um, but thank you for listening to today's mm -hmm. episode. Yeah, thanks, guys. If you have, like, any further comments or, like, questions, I don't know, go find us. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we already said in this episode, but we're thegoodnews.podcast on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, go check that out for more yeah. info and such. Have a wonderful day, night, whenever you're listening to this. And tune in next time. Yeah, peace out. Bye, guys. Thank <laughs> you.